just a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode. Um, this is not about the real men of Easy Company. This is about the show Band of Brothers. We are not disparaging the legacy and the campaigns of the actual men who fought in World War II. We are simply some friends who want to talk about Band of Brothers because it's our favorite show. And with that being said, enjoy the episode. Welcome back. We are now at episode five. And joining us today, we have, once again, we have Kate. Hey. And new to the cast is Emma. Hello. Okay, so for our newbie, I have a couple questions. One, who is your favorite character? Leap God. A thousand percent Leap God. Okay, support your answer. (laughs) It's hard to to place why I like him so much. He's just such a little bitch. But, like, especially in this episode, like, uh, he, like, has these moments of, like, softness where just, like, I don't know. I just, I always end up loving characters who are just, like, unapologetically, like, bitchy. And that's Leap God, baby. He's here to make problems on purpose. I love that. He will piss someone off. Oh, yeah. Um, and enjoy it. All right, so what's your favorite episode, then? Why We Fight, for sure. Okay, yeah. Also, because it's probably the most leap screaming time. And also, it's just, like, to me, it's the most important episode of this whole series. You know what I mean? If you watch any episode of Band of Brothers, you should watch Why We Fight. That's the episode that, like, your history teacher is going to show in class, regardless of if you've seen the rest well, of it. Well, my history teacher decided that we had to see Day of Days. Uh, Did I give a shit about it as a 15-year-old? No. Um, <laughs> the worst episode? <laughs> um, okay, and then what brought you to the series? Oh, this is embarrassing. Uh, Kirk Acevedo brought me to the series. <laughs> Uh, I loved him in a different a uh, different HBO project called Oz, which I never stopped talking about. And I was just like, I want more of this man. And uh, he's Joe Toy in this project. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot that I have to, he insults me for, but I have to thank him for bringing this show into my life. Thank you, Kirk. One time I'll say it. Yeah, the one time you can thank Kirk. Um... So yeah, like I said, we are talking about episode five, which is Crossroads, which is, uh, funnily enough, it sits in the middle of the series, so like, you're at a crossroads, mm-hmm. as it were, you're like, <laughs> which way is this gonna go? I mean, you know how World War II ends, but you're like, how, how does it go for, for, these, for these guys? How are they gonna, how are they gonna fare? So, um, it's a dick-centric episode. Yeah, in more ways than one. But um, it's a big winter-centric episode, I think is what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, but it is. It's Dick, it's Dick Winter-centric. Um, and it's sort of... You sort of see him become, I think, the first one to become sort of disenchanted with what they're doing. Um, I think it's important because at first he seems like the most gung-ho about it like he's our kind of captain america surrogate like he's the hero and so the fact that they give him these human humanizing and flaw flaw filled 
moments in this whole episode made me respect the show. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see, like, in the first couple minutes, like, he shoots a kid. Right, because, like, in the interviews that start off the episode, and even, like, episodes one to four, it's like, he's kind of this monolithic, like, infallible figure, right? Like, he's always doing the right thing. Basically, you know, flaw, like you said, he's our Captain America, and then literally first 20 seconds of the episode, we see him shoot a teenager, we see him, you know, essentially forgetting to do his homework. It's, like, kind of taking him down a peg. Yeah. I mean, this sort of episode, and and I I keep repeating this, like, off recording, but, like, there's so much happening, and there's so much time moving through this episode that it feels like three different, completely different stories happening, like, all at once. Yeah. And, like, you, you sort of... You see him working through the this first sort of um, inklings of PTSD of writing the after action report. I love that framing do. device of like telling the story as he's like writing the report. I think that is yeah. so clever. I love it. Yeah, the seamless cuts, like there's not even like a shot, like it doesn't fade to black. Every time you see him, like, looking off into the distance, it immediately cuts back into the action, and back onto the battlefield. Yeah, I love the way that they shot Like, he never left, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, and I think it's also very interesting to point out, because, like, you look at what they were doing. They were doing Operation Market Garden, and how he's also reflecting on the fact that this is a failure. I'm writing about, as a whole... As a, as a failure, even though their operation at the crossroads may have been a bit successful, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Right. It's just, what, to me, what's so bizarre and kind of chilling in a way about this is that, like, from any other man's perspective, like, he, like, wants to be back in the fight. Like, most people would, like, on the battlefield are probably, like, daydreaming about being behind a desk being safe but dick yeah. winter like you can tell he's longing to be back into the hell that is war and it's so fascinating to me yeah because like you sort of you see then after he throws nixon's piss on him <laughs> which um you see like he sort of feels left out when they're doing when they're working on operation pegasus and he's like I want to be doing that. I want to be helping easy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you know, taking over the battalion. I want to be with my men. Right. Right. Like they kind of make that distinction. It's not, he's not like a, you know, jingoist. Like I love to kill people. It's more about like, he wants to be with these guys that he's been with from the beginning. Easy. Like so much his company. And like, I don't know if we're doing this like sequentially, but like, the scene where, like, Moose Heiliger is, like, getting, like, cheered on by the Red Devils and, like, shaking his hand, like, you're like, thank God. Like, the whole time I was like, this should be dick. Like, it feels yeah. so wrong. It's mm. like they wouldn't have had the... Ca- I, I understand what you mean. It's like they wouldn't have the capability to have done that if it weren't for their experience that they had with dick. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but back... To go, I guess, into sequential order. Back in Holland, like, the sheer domesticity of the scene between, this opening scene between Dick and Nix in their, like, little, this little shared room, I was like, this is, like, 
overwhelmingly like romantic in a way. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let me let me wake him up. I mean, that's like if you think about like true partnership, it's exemplified in them. Oh. 100% platonic soulmates. Like, they have it down pat. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, you could, like, they're the type of people, and they did, in a sense, end up, like, just living out their lives together. They, they made a life together! Like, it's, it's truly insane. And then they go to the, to the CP, and it's, that's where you sort of see that, oh, he doesn't have his men anymore. His only connection to Easy is through Nick. Yeah. By the way, I always, I love whenever we get a glimpse of strategic Nixon. And there was so much of that where he, it's like him pointing out the map and him explaining like, like, I don't know. I it always like, is he, it's like, you, it's like a bit of like, either like comic relief or like, oh, well, this guy's like, life sucks. So it's nice yeah. being capable yeah. It's like Holy counterpoint, the scene where Winters is like, how's the intelligence on this mission? And Nix is like, um, okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> you I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, Nixon is verified nerd. So it's just nice to see it. To see him mm-hmm. being yeah. and being like a good part of the war. Because there are times where I wonder like, why does Dick like Nixon? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and this is yeah. where I get it. It is very odd. And they, well, Dick was the only one who really got the opportunity to talk about it. But like how they did have an inexplicable bond. Mm. And they were just sort of like, for the rest of the war, they were like, well, we have to keep each other in line it's very sweet yeah but sequentially but yeah see the cp scene is just like again i respect uh band of brothers for like basically like reading the dog shit out of their main character like two separate men yell at nick yell at dick about him not like turning in paperwork yeah also um shout out dale die once again we love to see it. <laughs> we have to see it. Uh, but yeah, and then sort of Dick on the sidelines watching Operation Pegasus be planned. And how he's like, oh God, like how is this going to go? And then cut to doing his homework. <laughs> right. And like agonizing over it. And probably it's, it's I guess it takes like a whole night. Just, yeah, reminiscing. It's weird, because it's, like, he's writing about, like, really, like, kind of morbid stuff. Like, the first one is about Allie, but it's also reminiscing about Trigger and Tab and Luz. Like, there's, like, a family and, like... Right, that's all, like, just as integral to... Yeah. It's, like, just, like, to the point of where they're at as a company. Like, how writing the report to him is, like more of a labored effort than like when right. he's on the battlefield like we see those shots of like with the smoke signal and like all these amazing scenes there are things that seem like effortless to him and then we see like he's struggling to write like a basic report about what happened so I think that's a very interesting um yeah dichotomy yeah it's like people who can do like easier than other people mm. right 
I, I'm trying to think of like, I feel like there's a very specific word to that. But anyway, back to like what was happening. Um, how they're all just sort of like, he he's remembering like the last mission he got to have and how it started out as like a normal night sitting with in boys. yeah a night with the boys saturdays are for the boys <laughs> i don't even know if it was saturday oh, um, i i'll say that like um this scene for, like this episode for it being all about dick winters just drops some really charming character moments for the other members of easy for me oh my god absolutely and as someone yeah. who kind of is pretty loud about, like, not understanding why people like Tab. Like, him, like, <laughs> talking about the, like, uh, the replacements and, like, like, this episode gives him a few moments where I'm like, oh, man, like, I think Tab was, like, good, guys. Like, I think I like Tab. I don't want to. Yeah. Like, Well, I mean, and that was something to reference, like, the, the cast podcast, like, Matthew Leach, he said he, like, he had the potential to have done a lot more with it because Tab was so important. Mm-hmm. but he just for whatever reason didn't and I think you know but we do have and it's a testament to how he played what he did have because you have a lot of people who enjoy him as a character and really see the value in what he brought and then then in comes leave got so you know that I'm invested <laughs> and then doc make a whole row <laughs> like oh god I just like like, Lee is, I, I obviously, I love him, but, like, as everyone, like, always wants to, like, make him this, like, like, this guy is just, like, a punk and doesn't give a fuck about anyone, but, like, we get, like, two separate scenes where he, like, is taking care of, like, his wounded brothers. Yeah. Um, and, like, the way that he, like, reports the whole thing and he's, like, bitching to Luznowski because he's clearly, like, terrified, but he wants to, like, yeah. up. Like, this, like, is such a charming, like, moment for Lieb in his character. Yeah. I mean, it's like he, he sort of recognizes that, like, maybe, maybe not. Was it his fault? We don't know. But for, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna take, he's gonna take responsibility for it. He's gonna make sure that his, his guy's okay. And then I just love the moment of, like, Doc Rowe just, like, giving the orders. And he's just like, hey, Allie, like, hey, Allie. good checking in bugged me because throughout the rest of the show we get it's established that like he calls them by their first name because he doesn't want to like like you know what i mean he doesn't yeah. nickname shit but Allie, like i guess he doesn't like Allie, or maybe <laughs> he does like Allie. i don't know i don't well, know i think what that comes from is time sort of sort of in the moment, he has to comfort them, and he has to be what they need, and if using their nickname is going to comfort them, like, because you hear him in episode six say, hey, Smoke, or something, and he's, like, calling people by their, like, nicknames or whatever. Well, you called me babe, but that was more... That was another... But, um... That was on a whole different level of, like... yeah. That's like, a whole. Uh, we're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> that's that's not this episode. <laughs> we haven't the time. We have not the time. But yeah, we don't have I, the time to un- unpack the intricacies of that scene. <laughs> we don't. Oh, uh, we don't. Episode six, we will. But um, yeah, it's just he, Doc Rowe. He he uses what he needs to in the moment, and I think when you're seeing this through Dick's eyes you're getting 
what I like about character centered episodes is you see other people's interactions in the periphery and you see, you see it from, you're seeing the interactions from a perspective of. From Dick's perspective, Ro is an angry little man. Like he is. This episode proves it. He is so like piping with rage the whole time. It's rage and Cajun. Rage and Cajun. But yeah, and then you know it keeps cutting back, and then we have Nix who joins him while he's working on the report. And Nix is like, "Hey, don't sweat this." I thought that was such a fascinating dichotomy where like Nix is like, "This isn't a big deal," and as Winters is like, "This is." the only thing that matters like this is our like my story my company my men yeah that like warring of ideologies was so interesting to me well it's because you have nicks who's like whose entire job with the company is doing who's who's doing the intelligence side who is writing several reports and writing after actions and then you have dick who's like i don't do this you don't understand he wants to focus on every little thing. I, I could imagine that if you read that report, it'd be like, like, Rose eyes looked a little bluer that day. Like, just going, like, way too into detail. Well, I, well, and then, you know, it, it skips ahead, and it only ends up being two pages. It's yeah. like a full page, and then, like, a half a page. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you, what were you focusing on, King? Just thinking real hard the whole episode. Thinking. Real damn hard. Also, like, in that flashback, the thing that I kept thinking was, like, because we just see Dick, like, he'll be like, okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and look at this entire, like, be one man, a one-man army. Yeah, he does that twice, right? Twice! At least twice, yeah. And, like, that was, like, the first time it was driven home where I was, like, Dick probably should be dead. Like, I don't know what lucky fucking star he was born under, but, like, he really will just risk it all. He has no about it well then they said that like in the in the pre-interviews they're like they're all like i don't know how he like lived (laughs) like he he just sort of he did it he walked through the war and then the framing of the shot where when he comes upon that like the hundred germans and but he only sees the kid he shoots yeah and then and then it pans over like from our perspective, from his perspective, it could have just been that kid there, because that's all that mattered to him in that moment. And the way that yeah. it transitions from, like, this, like, horrible shaky cam where you, like, can't see anything, and then it's, like, just frozen on this kid in pr- literally perfect clarity, like, that is emotional. So good. It's like, I, I really have a, have a soft spot for, like, true POV shots, or, like, you know what I mean? Like you're you're really because it's not just it's not just the POV. It's like there's another artistic layer there that adds yeah. to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's like it's it sort of it sets the atmosphere of oh okay I have to be this person for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I have to like I have to like sort of understand the gravity of what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. Because then like you have the shot behind it of where he takes off running and you follow him for a little bit, but then you have the rest of Easy coming up yes. through the smoke and coolest fucking shot, I think, of the thing. Oh my god. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Just like I, I don't know what the like strategic purpose was of doing that in real life, but right. does it look cool as hell? Yes, so I don't care. <laughs> I mean, he could, yeah, you're right. Like, it, he could have just as easily said, like, wait till I get to the top of this hill mm-hmm. or whatever. But no, he's like, I'm going to throw this bomb when it starts smoking. Y'all better pull up. Tom Hanks was like, I am going to have the coolest looking shot of the series. I will not be stopped. Yeah. And just like the the unfiltered audio of just like the the running yeah and like the heavy breathing like i always appreciate how like cumbersome this episode you're like oh fuck turns out war is hard (laughs) yeah i i definitely think it's the most combat action heavy like we we go through normandy we see all that but this is and you see like the break war manor assault but this is like uh, this one felt strangely different than that how arduous you know what i mean yeah like, it was effortful each movement of the troop of like the paratroopers like there was never it's, like a moment where it seemed like it was easy like it kind of did it pre court and it really um it like puts you on the ground like i remember there was this one shot where they, like it was nighttime and they were like kind of in a trench at the bottom of the hill and it like the camera like moves backwards over the guy's shoulders and I feel like in a lot of the other episodes you kind of feel like you're getting like an aerial view of what's going on rather than literally being there feeling it yeah, yeah. you feel this like you're in the trenches with the boys it's fun it's just, I, I don't you can't even say that Breakor was strategized <laughs> but to some degree like they had something they picked something up as they were going along because they had a map of the area this right. This, I think, felt different because there was no strategy. They were just going to ambush. It was all fly by the seat of their pants. It, like, literally, like, Tab yeah. was like, what's the plan? And Dick was like, uh, 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 I got it. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dick's just hurt. like, we're going we're gonna to run and we're going to see. And if they get Webster, they get Webster. Oh, well. Uh, oh, do they get Webster? Hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Did they get him? It's possible. Like, they didn't really make that part clear. Yeah. But, like, just the fact that, like, they were able to to do that and take out as many as they did and take as many prisoners as they did, um, you know. Like, Dick Winters is a baddie. I'll say it. He did. He definitely was probably one of the best military strategists for break core again i'm gonna bring a break core again and then that like that alone oh 100 percent. but so, um but then we get uh one of my favorite character bits this interaction between dick and joe um with back. the bullets yes yeah oh my gosh. so good uh so basically joe is just shooting stray soldiers just like the battle is ended i guess and uh dick like makes him drop his ammo he makes him take the prisoners of war back to the base and he makes him get his neck looked at it's like this moment of like paternalness that Mm. you can tell like dick himself like is really reminiscing about yeah just and then how he like after it's all over Oh, spoiler alert, they did fucking get Webster. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, we never talked about it. They Jesus Christ, they got me. You believe he said that. Um, keep, pick your head up, King. You can still walk. Um, <laughs> they were really just like, oh, your ankle hurts? Like, fuck, that's fucked up, dude. Like, walk, I guess. Cisco's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can you walk? And Mom's just like, yeah. So he should have been gone. Meanwhile, Lee got us walking around with, like, a freaking hole in his neck. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's fine. It's fine. Fuck off. Like, like he, he might need traked at some point, but no, your, your ankle hurts. I'm so sorry. Yo, yo, <laughs> what? You are bleeding. <laughs> you are bleeding. Oh. Just blood spurting from your throat. Really? Just a flesh nothing, wound. Nothing will flesh stop wound. this man from killing. And then after all that, you just have, like, Dick sitting there. Oh, not like, bad for Dukeman. That whole exchange. Very good. Yeah. And how Dick fi- Nick Nick's finally thinks that he broke him and he's gonna drink. Well, I love the bit where, like, Nick's is like, oh, it's water, and he, like, sniffs it because he's not sure. He can't trust yeah. himself. <laughs> That's, like, I, I think our one of our first big, like, oh, like, Nixon is, like, really an alcoholic. What? Well, will this become a problem? Maybe so. Tune in. <laughs> I wonder what's gonna happen in exactly three ep- and four episodes. Four. Who knows? Yeah, and then after that, they just sort of never talk about it, and yeah. it gets promoted. And it, it cuts back to real time, and Moose and Nix are just heckling Winters. I know! They're like, oh, fuck you, you got an orderly? Man, all my homies hate orderly. It's is so fucking, like, childish. They're just like, I know, That poor little, like, manlet orderly is like... And, and then the, the, he literally leaves before he even, like, gets... He's like, bring me a coffee, and then he leaves. Like, <laughs> what the hell? So, so, wait, I'm... I'm confused. I, I often think about this. Was that little man a... Was he a paratrooper as well? He had yeah. to have been. He He's had to have jumped out of a plane. Yeah, his name is, uh, yeah. It's not Best, is it? No. He has, like, no. a really complicated name. Zelensky yeah. or something. Yeah. He must have been a paratrooper. He got the uniform. Imagine that little man jumping out of a plane. Anyway, yeah, the bacon sandwich. Oh, my God. Debacle. The bacon sandwich <laughs> debacle. But just, like, fucking Heiliger is just, like, someone wishes they were running this mission. I was like, ah. He's like, yeah, he does, bitch. Leave him alone. Like, yeah, leave, literally. Leave the boy alone. He just needs to type in his typewriter, and he hates it. <laughs> so funny. Then they do Operation Pegasus, and this has been pointed out several times, but they did not give Michael Cudlitz a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the scene where he paddles with his mind. His, yeah, his bare arms. Get him in the water. Like, like I literally, I was like, this is, was the first time I rewatched this episode in a while, and I was like, paying attention. I'm like, I'm gonna see if this is like, like, what this is all about. And this is like, you see it for a couple seconds of him, like, not having the prop. <laughs> they linger on this shot. Like, why? Truthfully, why? But then they do Operation Pegasus, and you know, Dick is salty. He's not involved. Mm-hmm. Well, just make sure, like, speed is the key. Speed is the key. Speed is I am speed. I am speed. And Nick is literally like, bro, you have to calm down. <laughs> it's, it was so funny. 
Nix is like, yeah, Easy's in good hands. Like, you have to, like, you need to take a five. It was so fun. You're not you when you're hungry. Have a Snickers. For real. Have a bacon sandwich. Have a bacon sandwich. If you run into a bacon sandwich. And then we have the, you are officers, you are grown-ups, you ought to know. Okay, yeah, so, who the fuck? Who? By the way, like, I guess, like, fuck Moose Heiliger lives, like, just straight up. <laughs> like, there's, like, this happens, like, three times where, like, another person from Easy Company shoots someone, like, or, and from. Yeah, well, yeah, well it, it wasn't, well, Tackett didn't we, get shot, he got stabbed. <laughs> I was gonna say, which is, I guess, worse, but, like, get it together, fellas. This is not the enemy. But, like, I just, he literally heard hold your fire, and then he fired. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did exactly what he was not supposed to do. And then Harry Welsh appears. Right. Well, yeah, he's like, oh, get Welsh. I was like, get Welsh? What's he gonna do? What? What? He's a, Doc Rowe said it himself. He's a big man. He a big man. You lucky he a big man. I do not be one sir and this man's jacket. Oh. oh. I was being like, I don't know, I gave him like five surrettes. Like, you did what? <laughs> you paralyzed him is what you did. Definition you ruined of fucking panic. Like, you ruined a perfectly good lieutenant is what you did. Imagine if the bullet literally just like grazed his arm or something and he was fine, <laughs> but Winters is just like, you want like five surrets of morphine for you want sleep? What do we do? We gotta give him five surrets. <laughs> like, you want to sleep for like a long time? <laughs> like, he's in pain. Let's. Dude, let's- this is how I'm gonna get easy company back. <laughs> like, what if that was his thing? He's like, what if I just like get rid of all the potential right. CEOs of easy company? <laughs> like, Oh my god, no, he paid that kid. He was like, okay, when I say don't shoot, I need you to shoot him. Wink, wink. Oh god. Like, that's our signal, and I'm gonna make you get Lieutenant Welsh. Listen, Doc Rowe's gonna be really angry. It's fine. It's fine, I'll take care of it. always angry. It's okay. But also, like, I I always relish the moments where, like, the, like, lower-ranked officers just, like, will straight up, like, yell in Dick's face. Yeah. Like, in that And scene, it's, like... In that scene with Lee got, like, he's, like, stop! And he goes, what? Like, <laughs> dude, that is... Yeah, that actually, job. that surprised me so much. He really, like, talked back to him. Yeah, like, he's, like, is- god damn it, what? Like, damn, Winters, you are bitching at me. I am trying to just <laughs> obey your orders. What do you want? <laughs> like, mm. But I do feel like it also kind of shows a, a like a mutual respect that's there that they feel comfortable yeah. enough to question him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, I feel like in general, any medic could yell at an officer because it's like he did it. it was just like clearly you are officers. Like, you are grown ups. You ought to know. <laughs> ought to know. Well, you ought to know. Like, <laughs> you ought to. <laughs> and the fact that like Harry and Nick are just like. Oh shit. Shane Taylor, give me dialect co- give me dialect coaching sessions, please. I oh, wanna learn. I don't want. I someone needs to give him dialect <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. It's so that I've always wondered, like, so there's this this now is the scene where Dick, I mean Nix, gives Dick his like pass, his two day pass, his forty eight hour pass. 
And the way he says, like, it's decided that you need a little dose of civilization. I always wondered by who. Like, is this from Strayer? To me, it always feels like Nix and Welsh were like, mm-hmm. it's a feel like break. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, he doesn't drink, but he needs to do something. He's, <laughs> he's like, he needs to drink a tiny cappuccino in a crowded cafe where people are talking dying at that tiny cup because that's so true like they only give you like tiny bits of coffee in europe or whatever it just like caught me off guard it's like he needs to sit there and listen to people talk shit about the airborne behind him it's just like this is so rude like they were just like let's make dick look like a fucking loser like sitting alone just like listening to other people like talk shit about his like his own like like, like Harry, Harry couldn't have been a G. Harry couldn't fucking he abandon. Marlena. He had to see Marlena Dietrich. No, he didn't. He should have gone to Paris because Nix was going to cheat on his wife. Right. So <laughs> I never noticed that like little background audio at the cafe wherever it was before, where the guy was like, "You know what I had to do in basic I'd, training? I'd eat rats." <laughs> I was like, nobody asked anything about the rats. We are eating. We don't. Rats. Rats. We're, We're the rats. The rats. <laughs> Just oh, that. But, and then you get to a really uh, poignant scene okay. where this Dick is, where is on the train. Scene. Love this scene. Mm. And he's just sort of staring at this kid because he's like, holy shit, I just killed someone this kid's age, like, a week and a half ago. I mean, I, I'm not someone who consumes a lot of war media compared to, I'd say, most fans of this show and, like, a lot of the people on this podcast. But, like, I haven't seen, like, PTSDs done so effectively, but also, like, quietly. Like, I feel like usually mm-hmm. PTSD, it's a lot of, like, fanfare of like you know Mm. dramatic and screaming there's usually something about like gunshots but this was just him sitting there on a train unable to discern random french passengers from dead bodies yeah it gives me chills every time and i love the way they show that like he the passage of time is like he doesn't feel it because one second he's surrounded by people the next second there's no one else left on the train i love the way that they did that how long and is it, it there? You know what I mean? It mm. is especially interesting to see, like, how, in that instance, how quickly that PTSD was set on to him. Yeah. Because I usually, like, it takes, like, a little bit of, like, sitting on that trauma, but for him, he's, like, it was, like, triggered instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think Which that really goes to show that, like I was saying before, he's he's not, like, a... A militarist, you know, like he kind of has yeah. an empathetic heart, so it definitely affected him. And also, that his his head and his heart are always on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Like he's been removed from there for like two months or whatever. I don't yeah, know but it's it still like a like couple weeks fresh in his mind, as if he had just done it the other day. And then smack dab in the middle, we have a, the got a penny scene. With like, oh my god! Like, oh no, we have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back. We have to talk about Dick Winters in the bathtub. Dude, that's what it's just. I thought that scene was so much longer based on how I remember it in my head. But it's not long. <laughs> <laughs> the bathtub. There's no sight of his dick. 
I paused several <laughs> times in that laundromat. Like, no. They got the camera real close on his hand. Everything <laughs> was hidden. <laughs> it was. It was. It was placed just so on his back. Mm-hmm. He looked cute. I'll say that. As that. You know what? I cannot complain. You're about right. That sight. Like, you know what? If we're gonna have some gratuitous nudity, what? I'm glad it was with him. Mm. I won't say that. There are many <laughs> men. Many men who I wish. All right, let's not go him. that far. But I was gonna say anyway. He looked good in that shot. He like definitely like did some push-ups or something before that. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then we do have like the movies where you can just tell they're all bored out of their minds. I love the scene I so much. It. I love the little. There's character. nothing to dislike about it. No, it's like there. This is like at the point where you sort of see the the hurry up and wait game of war. Yeah. Where it's like they had no action, no action, no action. They were just vibing out, gambling, watching movies. Luz like, was annoying everybody. And I mean, there's so it's so endearing, like. The show is so good about making you fall in love with every single, like, member of Easy. Um, like, everyone gets a little bit where you just, like, get to, like, learn more about them. Like, Toy, like, clearly being excited to see Seven Sinners. Like, he's like, I've never seen this before! <laughs> and, like, Don being super, like, adorable and, like, excited and, like, pay and skip back. Like, they have a clear relationship. Like, all that mm-hmm. stuff is so cute to be. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. Also, the, what? Oh, I was just gonna bring up the part where um Winters comes in behind yeah. Buck and he's like, yeah, Buck, well, like a thousand yard cool. stare, whatever it's called. Yeah. You know what? I will give credit to um Neil McDonough and the character of Buck. How like oh he sort God. of how he sort of like showed this like even just the slightest bit of deterioration in his mindset that happened way before yes breaking point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like how you could just see how he was like not fully there like for such a small role it's really well done like he's an actor you Mm. know yeah dude when he played the uh general in the sonic the hedgehog movie or whatever (laughs) i was like this is acting (laughs) not where's his oscar exactly I like how that's what you go to. Like, I was gonna talk about when he was, like, a scary guy and fucking justified, like... Yeah, it's like... Sonic. (laughs) So good. Um, yeah, I could do a whole other podcast on Justified, but, um... Oh, don't get me started. No, I couldn't. I would... Anyway, besides the point, like, and just to, like, see them, like, probably happy that they were just getting to be bored. I was gonna say... It feels like a kindness because we know we're about to get hit with Bastone. Just that's like, a great way of putting it. Yeah, like it's like yeah. Hanks wanted us to have a moment with our boys where they're not fucking miserable. Where the but only I thing they have to worry about is Luz spoiling the movie for them. Yeah, but I would say that it's also, in a way, kind of cruel. Because mm. oh. it's like because you are like immediately after headed to the fucking forest. Well, it does, like, this is another scene that kind of established, we get a little bit of establishment of, like, Luz and Toys, like, friendship, and then, like, knowing what- When they walk out of the theater together, I was kind of like, (laughs) fighting, and you're just like, oh, they're pals. 
Yeah. So, like, knowing what happens to Toy later, you're just like, damn, why did you have to make me care about him and, like, give him a friend? Like, fuck this. And they give, um, they give Muck a lot of lines in this episode, I noticed. They give him that really, like, charming line of, like, well, I was in Taekwanda, and then Hitler showed up, and now I'm here. Like, yeah. Also, shout out to Don Malarkey for telling uh, Richard Spate Jr. about that. Yay! Or else he would have been from fucking Florida. Florida. <laughs> I mean, but, Florida fit, not to be not to be rude to the Skip Mug fans, but Florida fits for that man. <laughs> he is Florida. He is a Florida man, is. absolutely. Oh, and then just, before we move on from this scene, I just want to give props. Donnie Wahlberg had so much hair in this scene. <laughs> he had so much hair. I was like, you, that, the, the, the fit, the sweater, tight, tight on those shoulders. <laughs> I was like, he's gonna look good in this scene. Fuck oh my yeah. god. <laughs> he worked really hard to grow that hair just for the scene. I he was, was like, this is gonna be my did. moment. I was just like, proud of him. my hair. Like, oh my god, he's got like, almost a full head of hair, you guys. Like, this is important. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Should I apologize? Should any of them listen and they're still friends with Donnie? No. I don't apologize to Donnie. (laughs) You know he knows. (laughs) He knows what he did. But yeah, and then, like, seeing, like, them all being just fucking pissed about having to go back to work. I feel the same way. I didn't want to go to my job. I was like, damn it, I don't want to wake up. But exactly, it's like we're caught up in this moment of, like, the banter, and, you know, they're all being cute, and then cut off, like, exactly the same as they are. Lights come back on, and suddenly, Mm -hmm. oh, we have to be soldiers again. It's a war. (laughs) And then this is where you also see, like, their uh, disdain for for Dyke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he's, like, he is... I mean, everyone's under unprepared, but he's like nothing. He has nothing to offer. Stark contrast. We're like, we even see like Garnier like asking other people like, "Hey, do you have ammo? Leave. Do you have any grenades?" Yeah. Like, Dyke isn't doing shit. Um, I just want to like point out like all the cute little like not cute, but like the the little conversations happening in the <laughs> truck. Oh where my like, god, yes. Where it leaves like, you got a hat? You have a hat? You got a coat? And then he's like, I got a piss. <laughs> I got a piss. <laughs> and like, them just like badgering this poor fucking- That like, poor kid. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, he gives them all of their- he, gives, he has to give them all of his cigarettes. Because they're like, a bunch of like, playground bullies. <laughs> like, grabby hands in that shot. I like, know. fucking Kirk is literally like- <laughs> oh. Does that kid ever come back? I don't think we ever see him again. <laughs> we, you, we just need you on set to get bullied for, like, 15 seconds, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they're all just standing there waiting to march on in. And then fucking Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. Oh, my God. Out of- my favorite character, George Rice. I watched it. I had whiplash. I had to pause, and I was like, I was like, did I just walk on an episode of SNL? Like, what is going on? I get that this was the height of his popularity, but it takes me out of it. I'm sorry. But that makes it even worse. The fact that they were like, oh, yes, this is who we want to have this cameo right now. Make a hole, make a hole. I remember (laughs) 
because like I'm a huge SNL fan. I like my like my soul left my body. And I was like, that's Jimmy Fallon. Why is Jimmy Fallon here? Listen, if they wanted to go with fucking SNL <laughs> actors, Seth Meyers was just <laughs> as popular. Oh. Jimmy Fallon, like, his aura is just, like, buffoonish. Like, it's, like, he wasn't even trying to act. He just went on and was, like, being Jimmy Fallon. And it was so... The way he said... Distracting. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it was so much. It literally felt, I'm like, is this a bit? Is this a bit? <laughs> It I was like, Tom Hanks is about to walk out from behind the camera right now and be like, okay, guys, like, just kidding. But that's, like, that really felt like the most, like, 2000, 2001 thing that could have happened was yeah. to have Jimmy SNL Fallon. star, not even, not even Weekend Update Jimmy Fallon yet, just fucking <laughs> bit player trying to get his sketches on Jimmy Fallon. Like, that's all he was. Right, people always talk about how, um, and I mean, I agree that, like, the show is very timeless. Like, you can watch it today and be like, how was this oh, yeah. made, you know, 20 years ago? This is the one thing that <laughs> completely you know. blows the cover off of it. Like, you can pinpoint the exact year based this on Jimmy it. Fallon's cultural relevance. <laughs> you can be like, oh, yeah, these are all still young men that I've seen in my everyday life, of course. No, Jimmy <laughs> Fallon's there, you yeah. can't say that. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, his name is Rice. Lieutenant his name is G- Lieutenant George Rice. Excuse also, you. the fact that Jimmy Fallon had to be a lieutenant. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not a private. I'm a lieutenant. Like, he, asked, he asked to be a captain, but they're like, can't do that. No, Sorry. Yeah, no fucking way. That's Pushing it a little there, Jimmy. Exactly. <laughs> a little realistic. You will be second lieutenant, or you will leave the set. <laughs> Take Ian with you. I'm dying to know. Like, there must have been some higher up who was like vouching for Jimmy Fallon and was like, "I want him." Is there affiliation between uh, NBC and HBO? Uh, I don't think there is. If anything, they'd be in in competition with each other. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my notes just say. Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> question marks in, like, all capital letters. Um, but then it does suck you back in mm. with that scene of them all oh, going well, in. Well, mm. it, well, first it shows the retreating soldiers and, like, yeah. the company, like, staring in horror at them. Like, what the fuck? And it's such a hard pill to swallow knowing that they're gonna look just like that, if not worse, <laughs> Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh god yeah and that's just such like a that to me is another one of those scenes that's just like cinematically incredible yes. of like you just you see all of them and then it, you just see Winner's face and he's standing in the middle of like all of 2nd Battalion cause that's where what he's in charge of now it's just all of 2nd Battalion but he like you can tell that Easy's going by him cause he's like really he's feeling something about it well it's also just like if for something that like what they're about to go to is hell it's like probably one of the worst parts as evidenced by all of the interviews in the beginning of bestem where they're all just like i still have nightmares about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but like the fact that like you feel genuinely happy for dick like he has his company back in a way mm. like he's one of the boys yeah. and like it's so strange yeah and how he knows like they're gonna have to be going to him a lot more than they have been he's like got my kids back but at what cost <laughs> at what cost and some of you may long. die and that's a risk I don't think I'm willing to take. But this is, I mean, I mean another, it's, what? Well, another thing we didn't really talk about, because it was just, like, really quick, is that this is also, this is the episode where we get Garnier back, and they have a cute little yeah. scene where he's like, right. ah, Garnier, Yeah, yeah, that scene is so weird. And, like, Dick is even like, oh, like, no more joyriding for you. Like, clearly he cares about Bill. And just to know that in two episodes, like, ha ha Yeah, because, like, because <laughs> no, they did have that, like, that contention. Yeah. Like, you know that Bill always trusted him as a leader because he was a part of the mutiny. But mm-hmm. he also was like, my respect for you is dubious as a man. Right. Well, mm. Dick had to, like, more work for Garnier's respect more than I think most of the men. So that's yeah. what, like, oh, God, that's what makes losing him so much worse. Uh, what was the meaning the- of, like, that weird silence where, like, he wouldn't leave the room? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, what yeah. was the purpose of that? Well, he's just like, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, he was just like, um, nearly <laughs> like some kind of like prostitution, like strip bar thing. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, why are these the people that you're asking right now? <laughs> Don't they're like mixing? I think oh yeah, asking about Lulu's. Right, a little joint called Lulu's, and I'm like, no good can come of that place. Please, you just went AWOL from the hospital, King. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Oh my god. But yeah, um... So it's kind of, I mean, it's really, I feel like this is kind of the start of when B.O.B. gets good, in my opinion. Like, I think episode one is really good. Two, two, three, and four, I almost stopped watching. And this episode Mm. kicked it back. Two, three, and four, they really blend together for me. But I think five, they... Well, two, pushed really hard to humanize everybody. Three and four, like, almost seem to be glorifying the war in a way. Mm. Like, like, all these dope shots and, like, oh, like, look at this, like, Brecourt. Like, look at all the strategizing. But, like, episode five is, like, no, war sucks. Definitely. Yeah, they're working in the first, literally the first half of the series, they're working hard to sort of establish this feeling of hero worship towards mm-hmm. the men almost. It's like, you know, because everyone, I think, thinks of Normandy as, like, the penultimate yeah. um, military operation of World War II. So they're like, these men were there, they they did it, but, like, then they had to stick around and they found out that uh, it's not fun. Right. Right. And the guys are kind of, like, seeing themselves that way, too, is like, oh, look, like, we just keep winning, basically, and then... At the same time, when reality is starting to set in for them, it's also setting in for the audience that, you know, it's not over after four episodes. Like, you're in for the long haul. Yeah, this, yeah. It, it feels that way. Like, this feels like the start of, like, the intense incline that the rest mm-hmm. of the show has from here on out. And it's like, you you know that... You obviously know, I think, going into any piece of, like, media 
you're not going to have static characters. I mean, you have to have a few for, like, plot devices, and I think we can all say who they are, but, like, your main characters, you're going to see some of, like, the most drastic evolutions Mm -hmm. of who they are. But honestly, I always thought of, like, I mean, compared to the Pacific, which is very, like, character-focused, where you're literally sticking with, like, this, like, a smaller number of characters, but, like, seeing them more in-depth, I always kind of thought of Band of Brothers as having, like, mostly static characters, whereas, like, the change is not in the individuals, but kind of in the atti- the outlook of their unit as a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But, like, I also, like, think, like, you do have individuals who I think maybe change more rapidly in the course mm-hmm. of, like, one episode. Like, you Absolutely, have Dick, yeah. Like, you have Dick in episode five shifting radically from, you know, battlefield leader to someone who doesn't end up firing his weapon anymore, be it out of circumstance or because he can't bring himself, like, he could have in Bastogne easily shot that young man because they were in his territory, but he didn't. He he didn't want to. And then even as another example, episode six, you see uh, a sort of uh, disintegration of Doc Rowe. I was gonna say, mm. Doc Rowe's the other character to me who stands out. It's someone who just gets, like, this 180 switch. Like, so Rowe, it's more like, I feel like he probably felt like that the whole time, but we he never allowed us to see it. So it's only when we're looking through Doc Rowe's eyes that we see him. Like, you see him, like, like, you see even just, like, in terms of, his, in terms of Doc Rowe's physicality, like, his response time just drastically dropping yeah to the point where like he has to be physically hauled out of his hole mm-hmm. to go help because he's like just paralyzed from like tiredness and like mental exhaustion yeah. yeah because i mean in episode five he like i mean emma you've been saying this the whole time he seems constantly like angry he's always yelling yeah. he's always like knows what he's doing so yeah episode six is definitely drastic in that way mm-hmm yeah, but, like, and then, like, you have, like, check-ins on other characters in later episodes, like, you have, like, the sort of, the sort of wannabe Captain America of Lipton in episode one and two, to, like, episodes, <laughs> he wants, to, I'm just saying, he's, like, he's store-brand Captain America, like, if Winners is regular. <laughs> okay, I understand what I'm saying, anyway, but then, like, you have, like, episode six, where he's just, like, what the fuck are we doing? They all have that moment where they reach that, and that, I think, is a true marker of character development. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, That was episode five, and we've reached our midway point. Oof. This is when it starts getting good, y'all. It's a crossroads, isn't it? It It is. It's a crossroads. Look at that. (laughs) Bringing it full circle. Um, So I want to say thank you once again to Kate. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Emma as well. Thanks. This has been fun. And I will see both of you soon, and I will, yeah, do it again. All right. Thank you. Bye, y'all.